Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm Kieran Anderson, and I've got Kyle Busey on the other line. What's up, man? How's it going? And uh, where are you from? Good. Um, yeah, born and raised right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. So you surf, you're a waterman. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, you know, uh, just, just born and raised right here in Charleston. And, uh, you know, I really wasn't even, I've always been a water baby, you know, growing up here, the coastal community whether it's in the boat, in the creeks, swimming off the docks, whatever, you you know, whatever. Um, and I didn't even really get into surfing until about 11 years old. All my soccer buddies would go to the beach after practice. And of course, me being the youngest kid, I started tagging along and, you know, and then I just started uh, following them to the beach and then I just kind of fell in love with it. And then it's, it's pretty much a, a, a life, you know, a life addiction once you start. So um, it's been good. Nice. You guys don't get like consistent waves year round though. I mean, you got to wait for swells, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's extremely hard to get good at surfing around here. Um, could be worse. You know, the guy know the golf's a little bit more, you know, less consistent than we are and could be worse, but it could be a hell of a lot better. So yeah, we're really not known for our waves, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough. What kind of fish are over there? What kind of fish are you catching? You know, usually right here in the, in Charleston, you just redfish or, you know, Everybody's all redfished out, you know, flounder. I'm a huge flounder. I love eating flounder, um, sheephead, things like that. But yeah, I would say sport wise, I would say most people tend to go for the redfish or sharks, things like that. Yeah. Rad. Mm. So did you, did you grow up fishing more or surfing more? Oh man. You know, my mom was a big fisherman. So I, I, I fished a lot when I was a kid, but I'll be honest with you, I have not done as much fishing in the last years as I'd like, or, you know, I just, I tend to be more of an active guy. I don't, I'm not saying fishing is not active. I'm just saying, I don't know if I have the patience to sit on the boat and cast the rod. It's more of like, I want more fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just like things to be a little more fast paced, a little more intense. Um, you know, so I tend to kind of steer towards the whole surfing and, and less, less fishing thing. But uh, um, I need to, I need to, need to get back out there and, and give it another go. For sure. Did you grow up doing contests? Uh, like I said, I didn't start till I was 11 and I, yeah. I jumped into contests pretty quick. Um, all my buddies were competing, you know, in typical fashion, first three or four contests just got my, my ass whooped. I was on an old, like 1960s, you know, open fiberglass board, something that was found in the woods. Uh, it, it belonged in a pawn shop or in a trash can. Um, yeah, so I, I lost the first few and then this competitive fire started up and I refused to keep losing and then chipped up the fourth third. And then, um, I got to the point where I was, you know, taken, taken first a large majority of the time. And but yeah, no. And then I started 11 and then competed and eventually won nationals by 14. So I guess if you look at the big, you know, big spectrum of things, 11 to 14, not surfing the national champ is, is pretty good. You know? Yeah. It's insane. How many national champs do you have under your belt? I only have, dude, I only have one. So back when I was a kid, to turn quote unquote pro is when you accepted a check. So basically long story short, if you, if you, you surf this pro event, if you did well enough to receive a, a check, I think I might've been 16, 17. And, you know, I was, I'm, I'm, I was a pretty poor kid. So they basically said, Hey, if you accept this check, you quote unquote turn pro and you can't surf amateur anymore. I said, where do I sign? No way. It was, it was some meager amount. It was like 250 bucks or 500 or some weird amount. But to me, it was the world. So, I was like, where do I sign? Give me my check. You know what I mean? I'm hungry. That's so rad. Yeah. So a lot of kids that were, I guess would say from for, more fortunate backgrounds, uh, they were stacking away their checks until they turned, you know, 18. And then they were, they were able to access those funds. Uh, but me, I pretty much signed my life away. I was like, no, nah, I need that money. So, um, but yeah, you know, that's how it was back then. I don't think it's like that anymore. Were you, so after you accepted that check, were you just doing pro level events? Yeah, you know, I won nationals, and then I did. You know, I did well, fairly well in like amateur stuff. I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm not that great of a competitor. I just don't have that that cutthroat, you know, Brazilian esque kind of mindset when it goes into it. Uh, I did manage to get a you know pretty good amount of results considering how lackluster I am in the uh, competitive field. But you know, and then I just started surfing these pro ams, and funny enough, I actually started doing better in the pro ams than I was the amateur. It was kind of you know when you're six five. 200 pounds 
certain <laughs> knee high waves. I mean, you don't, and you're getting your butt kicked by 12 year olds. Um, you know, I started surfing these pro events and I think they catered more to my, my style of surfing. So they tend to judge better, but, uh, yeah, being, being a big kid, it's hard to compete the East coast stuff just cause I'm, I'm so dang and lanky and heavy and, but I managed. Yeah. And you guys don't get that big of waves unless there's like a hurricane swell, right? We, we have consistently small kind of like pop-up swells. Like yesterday we had, I'm making this sound amazing. We had like a waist high pop-up swell yesterday. Everybody was freaking out. <laughs> Long line, you know, nice ground swell lines, whatever. And uh, that was a nice surprise. But yeah, so usually only if we have a pop-up, you know, a storm hurricane, it can get good. You know, it gets good as anywhere else in the world, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's nothing like catching home good, you know, yeah, six to eight feet. You know, just and it gets heavy, dude. It gets fun. Um, hatters right up the road. It's super heavy. I don't know if you've ever served hatters. Yeah, you know, it's 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 fun. It gets good, but it's just so inconsistent. It's just it's tough, man. So tough. Do you travel a bit, or did you used to travel a lot more? Yeah, you know, um, I took up my first couple surf trips. My once again, I tagged along with my more fortunate soccer buddies, and their parents were like, "Yeah, just come to Costa Rica with us," and you know. Being a kid with without those means was just the world to me. So I would tag along, and uh, what to be? Yeah, they're like, oh, they told my dad, they're like, don't worry, we'll we'll, we'll take good care of them. And I'm like this little you know 14 year old kid, and uh, to be exposed, you know, you watch these surf videos back then it was VHSs, and you see the worries around the world, and you're just like, that's what I'm missing out on. Yeah, you didn't really realize what you how bad the ways were you grew up on until you saw what else was out there. And so I started traveling. And once I got exposed to those A-quality waves, I was like, oh, my God, that's all I want to do. So every year, I think since from 14 to, you know, my son just turned two. So I traveled every summer, especially to California, Carlsbad, <laughs> every summer since so I won nationals at Oceanside at 14. Oh, no way. Yeah. It was like eight foot glassy Oceanside Harbor Jetty. Like it was, you know, I had no business being there. Funny, funny story is I didn't even want to take my board. I qualified and my dad, you know. He went everywhere with me. He, you know, he was a big mountain man, you know, 240 pounds, like, you know, beard, you name it. And, <laughs> and I was so, so yeah, I was so insecure and so kind of scared to go compete with the big dogs. I was like, dad, I don't even want to take my board. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And he's like, he basically said, your ass is going to take that board and you're going to like it. You know, so, uh, yeah, we went and shacked up in this little skeezy little Oceanside Motel, which I'm sure you, you know the kind I'm talking about. And, um, yeah, I ended up winning in like eight foot surf. It was, uh, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine what happened. You know, this, this little kid from, from Folly Beach, uh, going out there and winning national. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so pretty much I got addicted to traveling and I've, you know, hit California once, twice a year from 14 to, you know, 30. So 20 something times easily. Um, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Europe. I just kind of, you know, I'd see something, something on a video or someone would be like, Hey, Kyle, let's, uh, I'm going here. You want to go? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. The strike missions. Yeah. I didn't even have the, I, oftentimes I wouldn't even have the money, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go mow some yards. I'm going to go build some decks. I'm going to go do some construction. I'm going to go do whatever I got to do to uh, come up with the means to, to make it happen. So I feel like that's what you got to do, you know? Yeah. That's rad. What do you do now besides uh, ride for salt life and surf and everything? Yeah, man. I, I just own a handful of businesses, you know, not, not putting down the surf industry at all, but when you're, running this rat race, you know, you're competing, you're traveling, doing the tour. You kind of look at the older guys and you kind of see like where the surf industry is going and kind of what are the, what's the end goal? Like what, where am I financially and, and professionally going to stand when the, when the smoke settles, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I kind of saw a, a meager future and I, I, and once again, I'm not putting down anybody that decides to pursue this. If you're a kid, that's your dream. I get it. Uh, I'm not telling them to, to not pursue their dreams. I'm just saying for me personally, I saw more of a future in investing in myself because, you know, oftentimes with these sponsors, these companies, this, this industry, there's a lot of empty promises. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. And so you start to put all your eggs in that basket because you, you have so much, you know, you wanted to work out so bad and you become blind to the reality of what the surf industry really is. And I think every industry is like that. music industry. I think it's all like this. And, um, you know, and I, I saw, I was like, you know what, if, if anybody's going to invest in me, it's going to be myself. So um, yeah. I started to t- kind of take a step back, you know, come home. Um, you know, I started like many typical surfers, started a surf school, teaching kids. You know, I always kind of thought about being a teacher just because I love kids and work, you know, working with kids and teaching. And 
Uh, it just happened to be in the sport I love as much, you know, just as much. So yeah, I started, started my surf school, which, you know, jumped to popularity pretty quick. And then growing up on the water, it just naturally kind of transformed into, you know, eco tours, paddle boards, kayaks, boat charters, things like that. And then we just recently spun that off and created our beach rental company, which is, you know, any type of rentals you can imagine. Charleston being pretty much the largest tourist destination in the country, it has, you know, it has room to grow. So it's, it's, it's been good. You know, it's, um, I still do a handful of things. You know, we work on some TV shows as far as, um, stunt coordinating or, or safety advisor. So all the tools and all the skills I've learned through surfing, it's, it's pretty cool how it's kind of gone full circle. Now I can use these skills to, you know, work on TV sets or shows or, you know, just, just little odd things. And, um, I mean, I still do construction stuff here and there for friends and family, but you know, my ass is getting old. So I'm trying not to <laughs> lift a hammer or mix concrete more than I have to, you know? Yeah. That's sick though. I mean, your life just evolves around the water. That's the, the salt life way. That's, that's rad. I ha- yeah, I have to, man. It's, it's weird. It's like my mom used to joke about it when I was a kid and, you know, my first couple of news articles that were written up about me and stuff, they were talking about, you know, how I got cranky when I wasn't in the water and I never really realized until I got older. And I was like, man, <laughs> I, I really do get a little bitter, a little, uh, little short, you know, short fuse when I haven't been in the water and, you know, you don't realize how, you know, I'm sure you're the same. I'm sure you surf and yeah, it, you know, it is a form of therapy, you know, it's, it's, it really does just kind of bring you back down to ground level and kind of clear your head. And um, if you don't have that on a relatively consistent basis, it's, it can get a little, get a little nerve wracking, you know, it's, it's our therapy. The ocean's our therapy for sure. Absolutely. Getting waves, whatever you're doing. I, I like to dive and fish and do it all. So it's like, anytime I can get my, my face underneath the water, I'm in, I love yeah. it. Absolutely. So you have your own surf, lessons and all that stuff right like yep. so you have a school is it like a surf school you know i'm really weird in business anybody that kind of is around me or my employees or my friends yeah they see how intense i get like i, I demand i wouldn't say perfection but i did demand a high quality out of my product so a lot of these surf schools you know i travel the world i see all this how these other surf schools work and you know they simply push in the wave they yell pop up it's all this cheesy thing and i don't see results it's almost like they take you surfing they don't teach you how to surf and you know, my mom and dad raised me how like, you got to fend for yourself. You got to, you got to figure it out. Now, were they a little brutal about it? And were they a little premature about it? <laughs> Seven years old telling me to go get a job? Maybe. But when you get older, you kind of realize why they do it. And as far as when I teach my students, I teach them self-independent, you know, independence, self-reliance. I, 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 it's, a, it's a mind game. It's, I teach psychology. I try to get into who they are as a, as a person and, you know, and try to motivate them. And um, I, I teach them how to surf, whether it's wave selection, timing, positioning just the raw fundamentals that really make for a good, effective surfer. And, um, you know, like I said, I travel the world. I see all these other so-called self-proclaimed top-rated surf schools. And I'm just blown away with the, uh, the lack of uh, attention and lack of quality. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to bring that to my surf school. So we do, we do camps and things like that. We work for special needs kids, you know, celebrities, you know, all these different types of people, which is amazing. Uh, but it's, we do like to focus on more of the intimate one-on-one private groups. You know, a lot of these surf schools, I'm sure in Carlsbad, the same way you'll see like hundred kids out. Oh yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's extremely unprofessional. I call it, I call it chaotic babysitting on the water. I mean, you know, the owners are simply going for a, a payday with, you know, safety taking a back seat. And I don't do that. I'll send, I'll spend three times as much time in the sun and uh, make sure it's done right. Do smaller groups, you know, focus on quality and, and um, execution. And, um, and yeah, we've, I've started to, Oddly enough, coach the next crop of professionals, the next kids that were like me. And, you know, I didn't have necessarily a coach. I had a bunch of big brothers who basically tied me to trees and beat me up and hazed me. And it was cool, though, man. It was good. I wouldn't change anything in the world. But uh, but now I'm actually coaching the next crop of kids, man. And, um, you know, as long as they can stay hungry and focused, I don't see why not, you know. But it's all about mindset, no matter what you do. What's your what's your surf school called? It's called Carolina Salt Surf Lessons. Uh, I figured Salt Life likes that. Uh, it was weird. You know, the funny thing is back in the day, I had two options. I had a list of names of this business. Like I said, I fired off at the hip. I started from scratch. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had like 10 names and it was down to Charleston Surf School, Charleston Surf Lessons and Carolina Salt. And I was like, you know what? And I just put my hand on a piece of paper blindly and I just kind of like stopped my finger and that's where it stopped. But uh, yeah, so my paddle company is called Charleston Paddle Company. Pretty, pretty basic. And then, um, yeah, my rental business is called Carolina Surf and Supply. 
it all funnels under the Carolina Salt LLC umbrella. So, uh, but yeah, it all kind of intertwines with one another and, 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 you know, caters to one another. And it's a lot, it's a lot to handle, but you know, it's good. It's fun. At least you got multiple gigs going on. That's rad. You're a busy guy. Dude, it's, and then as you've known, trying to get this thing together the last couple of days, I got a two year old, you know, it's, it, you know, you got like 20, 30 employees at times. And it's, uh, yeah, there's just always something going on, man. It's like, it, you never sit down, you never rest. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. That's how I felt the last couple of days. I'm just like, go, 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 go. And then like being able to do this right now, I'm stuck because I actually have time to sit down and talk to you. And I wanted to talk to you about all this stuff too, because, I think I, I looked up your Instagram and everything and saw some photos of you surfing, but I, I didn't know about your businesses or anything. So I don't talk about that's super rad. Yeah. You know, and, and some people think I'm paranoid or like some people think like, Oh, why don't you talk about yourself? You know, with the age of social media, it is so important to kind of have your businesses out there, but I'm kind of like those, you know, speak softly, carry big stick kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I don't talk about my business. I don't talk. I don't like my laundry out there. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like operate behind closed doors, operate quietly, effectively. And people are always like caught off guard by it because I'm not out there blasting every, my business all over the internet. And I understand there's a place for social media. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Yeah. You know, I'm all about, you know, the real athletes or influencer or whatever out there living their life. Like I'm out there surfing or, you know, doing whatever I can on the water instead of posting about it. You know, I'm out there actually doing it, you know, and I'm not going to sit there and apologize for being this, you know, hands-on um, you know, I, I do what I say I'm going to do. I, you know, I, you know, I'm talking. There's some guys out there that just post yeah. stuff, and you know, they're posers, and it's and it's uh, you know, good for them if they can make a living doing that kind of stuff and and being kind of a online presence and poser and all that kind of stuff. But that's just not me. So, yeah. So, unfo- you know, unfortunately, pro surfing in this day and age, unless you're like top five in the world, it's, I was going to say, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's so hard, dude. Like, unless you're yeah top five or whatever, even on the CT, you're still like investing into companies or like trying to make a living afterwards because you're only on tour for until you fall off and then you're in the qs trying to requalify and if you don't requalify what are you going to do like yeah people, ten, t- yeah yeah people don't talk about how expensive that stuff is i mean you're talking almost six figures a year to travel you know oh yeah plane tickets with accommodations like people don't tell you about like you know the times i was under bridges like eating ramen noodles dry out of a bag or like sleeping in the woods or like when i went to france and got stood up by my sponsors and cried myself you know, in a tourist center to some random French lady that <laughs> never met me. Um, yeah. You know, they don't talk about those horror stories and those kind of tough times that it takes to kind of, you know, because a lot of these kids, uh, to no fault of their own, come from a prestigious background or, or kind of, you know, well-off parents or whatever the case may be. So people just assume it's like that easy. Oh, you just have paying sponsors and your life is so glamorous. I'm like, dude, you gotta work. come follow me for, for a week or two. Come, come uh, you know, Come see us get held up by federales in Tijuana at gunpoint. Yeah. You know, these are things that people don't talk about that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like a, it's all, it's such a normal thing to have those things happen too. Like, it, yeah, people think that it's just all fun and games, and but <laughs> stuff happens, dude. Like it, it gets gnarly. I've had so many crazy travel stories. Oh, like your like your boards don't show up, but they get stolen, or like yeah, like oh, like, yeah. like I said, that Tijuana story, man. We were just, we got knives pulled on us. We got pulled out of the car. We got held out with machine guns. Like, it's the craziest thing. And, you know, and it's actually pretty common because, you know, you, you've been through Central America, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been held up on back dirt roads by local law enforcement and they just want to be bribed, you know, like, hey, here's a hundred bucks. And then next, you know, that hundred dollars is what you were going to use to feed yourself for the next month. Yeah. So now where are you? You know, and there's no one to call or wire you money. There's no service, you know, so... Yeah, people don't realize it's a grind, you know. And um, but looking back, and I still love it. I love the grind. I like yeah, it. it's it's epic. Yeah, it's so rad. The grind's super gnarly, but like at the end of the day, look at what the places we've been to and done, and like it's awesome. the waves we've got to surf. It's insane. We're so lucky and blessed. Oh, it's the best, dude. I got stories now. People, a lot of times, my friends and people make fun of me. They say they they think my stories are made up. Yeah, and I'm like, I wish I was like, but these some of these are pretty pretty intricate kind of wild stories. But man, now I got stories and memories and you know wouldn't have it any other way really it's so rad i love those stories me too like some of the stories i'm just like no way i can't believe that happened that's so crazy so you're you're six five yeah well it's funny you know um i've always been kind of a little self-conscious about my height just because my dad was tall my mom's tall uh you know the funny thing i was i was like five eight going into my senior year and um, yeah just sprout up you know hair i had 
blonde hair, perfectly straight. <laughs> I, I shaved it, and I guess puberty hit me like that night or something. And it came back like afro thick brown, you know. And then I just jacked up to like six, six, four, six, five. I didn't know how tall I was exactly because growing up, you always use your surfboard heights. Like, oh, I'm five eight, yeah. I'm five nine or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I wonder how tall I really am. So I actually, because every, you know, I'm not saying like oddly tall, but like I'll go to middle schools and do like these, whether it's speak to kids or I'll just go out in public and some kids are like, Jesus, you're tall. I'm like, am I really that tall? Anyways, I, I finally pulled up tape measure. I was like, all right, let's, let's see how tall I am. I, I, I'm right under six, five. It's like six, four and seven, eights or something like that. Um, how many leaders are your boards? Man, a freaking typical idiot. It took me years to figure out I needed to go bigger. So uh, right now, you know, my standard short board's right around 33 liters. Jeez. Is that big? I think I ride. I think I ride like 22, 23. Woo! I'm like five, six though. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm a little guy that you're like Jordy Smith style, dude. Like his boards are so big. Yeah. Um, I think right now my standard shortboard is five eleven and a half, you know, 19 and three, eight, you know, 0.38 to 19 and three quarters by 2.56. So you're looking at, you know, I ride for loss, so they, they, they'll, they'll know more better than I do. But I want to say right around 33 liters. And then my grovelers are 38. And then I've been riding my 6.6, six, like super groveler. That's uh, 48 and a half liters. Oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure my big wave boards are like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, around here, the waves are so small, so gutless. I mean. Yeah, you need the extra foam. Dude, when you get you get spoiled on them, I started riding these thicker boards. You know, the '90s boards were really thin and bladed out, and a lot of nose rocker and such. And you're just like, "What the hell am I doing?" And then you finally squished it down and wide it up and thicken it up, and and then naturally you start getting more speed. And I always tell my students, "More speed, more maneuvers." So, um, yeah, you know, manu- you know, speed is the is the foundation for any maneuver. So a lot of these kids I coach are like, "Oh, I want to do airs like you." I'm like, "Well, you gotta learn how to get speed, son." You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> I love punking these young kids. It's fun. That's so rad. But yeah, yeah. So the bigger the boards and the more buoyancy and the easier life is and the more fun it is. And that's kind of why we surf in the first place is uh, because it's fun, you know. How long have you been riding Loss? Man, I've been on Loss for a while, man. They've been great. Um, I've been with Loss since, Jesus Christ, uh, 2009, maybe. Oh, geez. Something like that. They always make fun of me. My last name being Busey, like Gary Busey. Yeah. So like... Over there, you know, they love point break and big Wednesday. So Matt will sometimes uh, kind of take a little jab at me by putting Gary Busey on the bottom of my boards. Or like That's epic. No way. That's yeah. so sick. Yeah, he'll, he'll kind of like say like Kyle, not Gary Busey or Gary Busey or like, you know, and, and once they kind of found out I was related to him, they kind of started um, going. They just they just love they thought it was funny. You know, they're just like, yeah, yelling Gary at me and. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, man. They're, they're good dudes, and Matt's really smart. I mean, you, ever, you ever listen to him speak about boards? The way his mind kind of uh, understands, it, you know, he's, a, he's just a really, really smart guy when it comes to, to, to board design. And, you know, growing up, you know, riding for loss, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you realize it's one of the best best board brands in the world. And, you know, when I was growing up, we I rode whatever I had access to. You know, I, yeah. we had a local shaper here that was kind of eccentric and kind of wild, but his boards were just, something you see out of like i don't know it, it, they were they were hard to ride but then you get on something like lost and you're like damn this is this is good but, um yeah man they're always at the forefront of technology and, the, and design and, and so it's been really it's been really good to collab with them yeah that's rad really into your surfboards right there for a second who, who do you ride i ride degree 33 bill menard's the shaper um local yeah. place here yeah. my buddy trevor owns it so Sick. super rad awesome awesome boards yeah i have like I'm super lucky and blessed. You get that homie discount, don't you? Yeah, I get. Uh, they they treat me pretty well. I'm I'm super stoked. So awesome. Yeah, it's funny because like a lot of the boards I get, like all I used to go to the factory and like sit in the shaving bay with him and be like, oh, I want this done or that done, and like let's put two boards together and make a fun gravel board. And then I started getting all my big wave guns made for him from him for like Mavericks and Jaws and all that stuff. And those boards are like he made them so good so all my guns that i have right now are like the best guns i've ever ridden in my life it's so rad and i'm so stoked you're straight up going and surfing mavs and jaws and stuff try to when there's swells <laughs> how sketchy is that i don't know everybody asks that like i don't know i just have the mindset of like just go like i don't really care yeah. I, I, I get it i get it there's high consequences but when you get a really really good wave like you're you're fired up like yeah i don't know dude like 
Mavericks nowadays is kind of kind of crazy and hectic. It's like lowers. It's just there's hundreds of people that want to go out there and surf and they don't know what they're doing. And it's scary. So I don't really like surfing there anymore. Uh, I'll go down to like Mexico and surf like Toto Santos and like go up north to, to Oregon and surf some big wave spots up there because there's nobody out. And I just like being kind of the solo man out there, bring a buddy to run safety on the jet ski. And um, it's, it's a lot easier that way. Just you and the great whites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that fear. Like I love the fear of cold, dark water. I don't know what it is, but like getting pounded by a wave in really dark, deep water. Like I feel comfortable in that. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, the closer you are to like, let's just say death or let's just say adversity in my opinion. So the, the more alive you feel, you know? So it's, yeah. with me, it's like business or something like right now we're pitching a couple really, really big contracts. And I, you know, part of me feels like, Hey, am I, am I in over my head? Do I have any business doing this? And then it's like, well, let's find out, let's figure it out. Let's, you know, it's, I'm, I've come this far. So it's, you know, I feel like it's just these, you know, these, uh, breadcrumbs kind of leading me in a, in a general direction. And, um, yeah, same thing with big waves. It's like, you know, yeah, I surfed pipe and I, I mean, I was out in Hawaii, you know, in 04, I was kind of making my push and, you know, you get yourself in these situations and then when you kind of come out of it, it's like, you feel like, like super, Superman, you know what I mean? You feel rejuvenated and, and yeah, for sure. You're jazzed up and you almost want more of it, you know? Yeah. You get frothed up and you're like, yeah, this is going to be so sick, dude. It's so big today. And then you like get destroyed and you're like, oh, wow. I should probably train a little more. Yeah. That's you, the one thing with me. Like I, I need to start training for the season. And I, I mean, I do like I'll work out and like, but I used to do like breath enhancement classes and all that stuff. But I just, I don't know. I just try to go out and have fun and see what happens. Yeah. I feel like the best practice is doing it. Like, a lot of my students will be like, well, what do I do to get better surfing? Like, I'm like, watch YouTube videos. I'm like, stop watching YouTube videos, period. Please just stop doing it. Yeah. And then I say, and they're like, well, should I do this kind of workout or that kind of workout? I'm like, listen, you know, the best way to get good at surfing is to go surfing. Like it's, it's, it's not, yeah, it, there's really no replacement for it. There's no body, your body's mechanics and the way it moves. There's no replacing it, you know, and everybody's like, you know, baffled that it's that simple. I'm like, listen, how do you get good at anything is by doing it. Repetitions, which develop skill. It's like driving a car. Just keep driving if you want to get better at driving a car, right? Like, unless you're my wife, <laughs> then you just don't get good at it. Oh my goodness, that's good, dude. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite uh, surf destination that you've been to, dude? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now, man. I, uh, you know, I love Bocas del Toro right there in Panama. Went there a couple years ago. You know, the the word kind of started getting out about Bocas and stuff, and it was a pain in the ass to get there. I'm not gonna lie. Like, we flew into San Jose and. A couple of my, you know, I've been to Costa Rica a bunch of times and Nicaragua and whatever. And, oh yeah, we're going to take the bus. And I'm like, just, just anybody listening or if, if you ever do this, don't take the bus from San Jose to the coast. It is the biggest nightmare you have ever been a part of, you know, whether it's breakdowns, flat tires, sketchy people. It, you know, they say it takes three hours. It took like 12. Um, you got held up at the border. You got people trying to steal your luggage every two seconds. Anyways, spend the extra money. Take the puddle jumper from San Jose or Panama City into Bocas, which is a chain of islands on the northeast uh, coast of Panama in the Caribbean. I mean, it's awesome, man. It's, it's almost like Caribbean mixed with Indo. It's like blue water, cabanas on the water. You know, it's jungles. Uh, there's these little waves around every nook. You know, it, it's That's so like, rad. I've, ne- I've never been there. Dude, I'm telling you right now, like, it's, it's incredible. You go right, you know, anywhere between December and March, I would say. Um, yeah. I mean, you can, you can YouTube and Google these, these videos and things. I mean, you got Bluff, which is like this big, heavy beach break. It's like Hatteras mixed with like, you know, like a smaller version of Porto Escondido. And then you got like Silverbacks, which is that big right wedge you've probably seen on a lot of videos. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That really wasn't breaking while we were there. Then you got like this little Karen Airway, which is like a three-peak left. It's kind of like lowers. I mean, it's just epic. And but like every nook has different, you know, type of wave, man. It's just, you know, and it's just... It's awesome. You know, people in hammocks over the water, you can see down like 10 feet. <laughs> That's so rad. Yeah. Everybody's on full wheelers and stuff. And, it, you know, it's just, it's pretty cool, man. So I think I liked France a lot too, but I said, I think overall, I like Panama. I like Bocas del Toro. I think it's the, yeah. it has the most to offer. You know, it's like seven different ways within like a five minute dinghy ride. You pay a guy two bucks, he drops you off from the lineup. You say, Hey, be back here at 12. And he'll be, they, sure enough, he pulls up at 12, you jump in, takes you to lunch, brings you back. Pretty cool. Have you been to Indo a bunch? Dude, God, this sort of subject. No, I've never been to Indo. Uh, I keep oh, telling, no. I keep telling my I wife. I shouldn't have brought it up. I know. I keep telling my wife, my like, babe, as a surfer, 
you got to go to Indo. It's it's like the the pinnacle of being a surfer. You have to go there once in your life. And so we we're actually supposed to be there next month. Uh, you know, she's she basically said if uh, if I go, she won't be home when I get back. Um, oh boy! But yeah, my buddy, we we're talking about like you know chartering a boat. Oh, I want to I want to do a boat trip there. I've just like flown over there and like surfed a bunch of different spots and traveled different islands and stuff. But I want to do a boat trip so bad. I think that would be the sickest yeah. salt life trip because. If yeah. we had all the, the whole crew on a boat, oh, like, dude, Cameron Kirkconnell can go dive. Yep. You and I can go surf. Yep. We'll get everybody to do their thing, fish, dive, surf, make a yeah. sick edit out of it. Oh, it'd be so fun. Oh, God, it'd be, it'd be incredible, man. It's like a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I'm, you know, as a surfer, it's like, that's our Disneyland. It's like, that's where you go. And I, yeah. I can't, like, my wife doesn't understand that. I'm like, babe, I, you know, if we have to get divorced, we got to get divorced. I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, I'm going to do whatever the hell I got to do. Oh my gosh. You're passionate about it. I love it. Well, I mean, you know, one day you, you know, I won't be able to surf those kind of waves, you know, I'll be in my fifties or so. And I don't want to look back and wish I would have gone. And, um, you know, I figured with the pandemic and everything and all the Aussies hopefully being held up, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be as crowded. And, you know, I just see those waves and, you know, and I just, I don't know. It's so sick and it's so cheap too. Like, you bring $300 with yourself over there and that's like good for a month of room and board and food. How many, how many beverages are we talking though? Oh, like five or six bin things a day. Oh, okay. That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm talking like, I want to go to like the Mentawis or wherever. Like I don't want to. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not trying yeah. to hang like in Bali. I'm trying to go like yeah. way off the beaten path, jump off the battle go to, boat. Go to Java and serve some slabs. And do that. I know it's insane. Like there's so much opportunity there. The guys that live there, like Batet and all those guys are yeah. so stoked. Like they have waves all the time. I feel like they don't even, I think they know how privileged they are, but I feel like they're just so like accustomed to it. They're just so used to it. They're just like, oh yeah, you know, I live in Indo and, you know, waves are just pumping all the time. And it's like, yeah, you know, me like growing up in Charleston, I don't even check the surfboard anymore. I literally just wake up and just assume it's knee high chop. I'm like, oh, you know, going to go to work or going to do this. And if a wave, if a wave pops up, it's like, you know, we're like privileged. We're like, oh my God, this is amazing. But we don't assume we're getting any swells. Even when a, a big swell is projected like Larry was, Hurricane Larry a couple weeks ago, everybody got their hopes up. And I just kept going around telling people, don't get your hopes up. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be the same letdown it always is. Sure enough, you know, it was okay. It, it was okay. It, but it was lackluster to say the least. How long have you been with Salt Life? Oh, man, probably over a year now. I want to say, you know, I'm really bad with time. All my friends make fun of me. Uh, I want to say probably close to a year, maybe a year and a half. Same. But yeah, they've been, it's always been great, man. You know, and I always, I think it's funny, you know, everybody has this preconceived notion that Salt Life is this cheesy bumper sticker brand. And I'm like, guys, have you even seen their clothing? Have you even seen the quality? Have you ever seen like, you know, when I started getting on the program, I started seeing the quality of their stuff and how professional they were as a brand. Yeah. I was like, man, like, you know, it's so funny, you know, being in the surf industry for so long and how unprofessional, you know, I'm not going to list names or companies, how unprofessional, unreliable they are. And then Salt Life's like, they're just on it, you know, and yeah, they're fired up. Dude, like the clothes, like I'm telling, like the quality, like the, just the, the technology, you know, the performance series. And it, it, it's almost like you realize what you were missing out on the whole time. Like, you know, I've always worn like cotton shirts or whatever. And you wear yeah. this stuff and you're like, damn, I've really been missing out. You know, and it's, you know, and I constantly have to kind of tell people, like, hey, man, it's not a bumper sticker brand. They're an actual entity. They are a quality, you know, outdoor brand that is just, uh, you know, they really go above and beyond, in my opinion. Yeah, it's rad. All their clothes are so good. And their board shorts now are oh, insane. It's awesome. I mean, it's just dude, that they have that that cotton T-shirt. I forgot which one it is. It's like vintage feeling. Um, That's like the, these this one that I have on right now is so comfy. Like, dude. I don't think I've ever worn in the last like four or five years any other t-shirts besides Salt Life shirts because they're just so comfy. No, seriously. Like, I literally wear, it's like that old rock t-shirt, you know, the old vintage rock t-shirt. You always find yourself grabbing off the top of the shelf. Exactly. But like mine always stays on the top of the shelf because I always like, you know, I'm a guy. Whatever t-shirts on top of the stack is what I'm grabbing. For sure. It's always the same one. And like, dude, it's just like, it, I mean, it's just nice knowing that you can just go into your wardrobe and grab grab something comfy and stylish or whatever, and just know that it's, it's going to, you know, do the trick. Yeah. I mean, I love it. So they've been really good as far as, as that. what other hobbies do you have besides surfing and fishing and everything? Oh, Jesus. 
couple years ago, I always told myself I'd never get into golf. Uh, oh my goodness. I'm so into it right now. <laughs> it's so bad. I know a couple of years ago, I, uh, you know, it's slow paced here, man. And there's one, there's no shortage of golf courses. So, you know, I was an old baseball player and I like being outside. I love the kind of the mental aspect of golf. You know, it's you versus you. It's reading the plane. It's kind of reading the, you know, just being outdoors. So I kind of got, I kind of got into it. You know, I started a couple of years ago and I shot once in the seventies, but I'm usually right around, if I'm being honest, it's usually like high eighties, uh, you know, 90, 92, something like that. I mean, I can. Oh, that's way better than me. No, I mean, don't let me, don't let me kid you now. Like I, I the reason like, I, I'm like 500, dude. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's weird. Not really. <laughs> Very frustrating thing, but you know, I can I can hit it about three thirty if I'm if I'm really laying into it. But does it go straight? No, it usually hits a small child or a house or a highway. Oh my goodness, that is so long. I I can um, I played I played my local course last year and I hit it into the sun. You know, I knew I got a hold of it decently, and then my buddy's like, "I think you're on the green." It was a par four, by the way. I was like, "Oh man, I don't know, whatever." We get up there and it's two feet from the pin. No way. Did you birdie it? Uh, I eagled it. So, Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I crushed it, and I, t- I looked at my buddy. I'm like, hey, you're going to give me that? He goes, no. He's like, you got you to gotta finish it. And it almost no rimmed way. out. It almost rimmed out. But, no, it's, I have that long drive, and I, I, can, I have general coordination and things. So I'm, I'm pretty athletic in that regard. But, um, yeah. but, but you, know, you know, you're on par to make a birdie, and then next thing you double bogey, like, like within a second. Um, oh, it's that's the worst. It's like a wave, though. You get that one good hit, that one good result, and it keeps bringing you back. And, you know, I just like being outside. I like it. I love how it's a mind game. Oh, it's such a mind game. Such a mind it's game. It's the way you're battling with your mind the whole entire time. Oh, you can think that your swing's good, but it's not. Like, no, I hate golf, but the only reason I go back is because it's so competitive against myself. Like, yeah. I ha- I'm competing against myself. Like, I want to get good, but I hate it. Absolutely. And you have no one to blame but yourself. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I love that aspect of it. <laughs> so rad. I played Oceanside Muni last time I was there. Yeah, that place is sick. Yeah, man. So uh, I like it. I haven't played in a while, man, just because the baby tends to keep me pretty busy. Yeah. In the business and things. But um, no, I'm, you know, my buddies have always been trying to get me into kiting lately. They, you know, they're like, man, you know how to air. You can read the ocean. Like, why don't you get into kiting? And uh, I just need to pull the trigger and get into it and quit being a you know, pansy about it. But, um, no man, just taking the taking the family out the boat and just living that coastal lifestyle and and just being on the water, man, and just trying to you know life's not getting any easier as far as stress goes. So the key is to kind of find that balance and and, and do whatever you can to kind of clear your head a little bit. And yeah, so golf, I guess, is kind of the golf's the one, yeah, the one to make yourself even more upset. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Unless you play good, yeah. If I play nine holes and it's going pretty good, I'll go. I'll do eighteen. But like if it, you know, if I'm you know, I'm shit the bed by nine holes. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna hit the road. That's how I am. You have any trips planned? You said you were thinking about going to Indo. Man, we were talking about it. Man, you know, I don't. You know, obviously, from what I told you before, the wife's not a huge fan of that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a mission, and you want to stay there for like a month if you go. So, you know, oh, I'm heading to the mountains in two weeks. Uh, my whole family's from Asheville, North Carolina, so we tend to go up there and uh, oh, visit. Sick. Yeah, we go up there. It's a nice, you know, four and a half hour drive. It's it's probably kind of like for you guys in Mammoth or something, you know, um, yeah. mountains, you know, breweries, hiking, that whole, you know, touristy thing. But uh, no, you know, California, man, like kind of where you live. Um, that was me and my wife's go to, you know, between the, the waves and the burritos. It's kind of hard to uh, they speak English, too, which is nice. So California has always been our go to. Uh, we've been going to Puerto Rico lately, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. But you know what? I don't know. I might kind of want to go try something new, kind of. Get off the beaten path a little bit. Um, I'm not. I'm not opposed to like a cold water trip either. I think it'd be kind of fun to explore like Norway and Iceland and, and kind of. I want to go to Iceland so bad. Yeah, you know, kind of. I, you know, you, you, it's hard to imagine how many a quality waves are in, in cold water that no one's even found. Or, you know, it's, I'm not opposed to that at all. But um, California's easy. You know, sometimes we'll do strike missions to Hatteras or Florida. Yeah, but you know, nothing's better than catching home and it's firing. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Absolutely, yeah. We had some really, really good waves here last week. So you guys get swells like every other week, man. Like every week. Yeah, but I mean, that was probably the best south swell we've had in like a good amount of time. Like it was bombing and really, really oh, good. Was that when the uh, WSL finals was on Chessels? Yeah, dude. It was like it was pumping. I took my jet ski out and did step offs, and like every single wave was a stand up tube. It was insane. 
I haven't seen it like that in a long time. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Are you still doing contests now or are you done with um, that? I'll do some local events. Like I start the state championships here four days after my son was born. That's <laughs> Just so rad. Dude, I hadn't slept. I don't know what I was thinking. My wife's still, you know, post-surgery. And I was like, babe, I think I'm about to go, go surf a... Go start the local state championship uh, while you rest up. So I'll, I'll see you in a day. Um, but uh, no, the waves ended up popping up. It was like four to five feet in glass. You know, it, was, it was too good to pass up and ended up going out there and winning. And I don't know how, because I had no sleep. I hadn't surfed in a week or two. Like it was brutal. But uh, no, I mean, you know, competing is funny. It's like you run this rat race and you kind of get to the spot. It's one foot, you know, everybody's jonesing and, and, you know, bumping shoulders and stuff. You know, me being a little older now, it's kind of like, I did that, you know, I lived that life and it was fun and dandy when I did it, but it's like, I see more value, whether it's spending time with my son or, or, or building my businesses at home, or if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to invest all this energy into surfing, I'd rather be on a surf trip with a quality waves as opposed to one foot QS, you know, grovel session, you know, something like that. So nothing against people that compete. I'm, I'm you know, I'll still compete if the waves are good. I got a good board under me and, you know, I feel, I feel it froggy. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and, you know, do what I do, but no, nah, I'm not, it's not on my radar for that way. Yeah. That's rad though. I mean, like for me, that's how I feel now too. I'm like, dude, like surfing is so much more enjoyable the older I get because I'm not competing and not like trying to grind out. Yeah. Like when I was grinding out or like traveling a ton, a ton, like I was like, Oh gosh, I got to pack and go home for a day and then pack again and then go to there and this and that. And now I'm just like, Oh, like, after this podcast, I'm probably going to go surf real quick because I want to get in the water. I mean, it's cold, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. I still want to get in the water. What's the, what, speaking of water temp, what's the water temp there right now? Oh, man. We got bath water, man. Charleston's a funny place. We got like, you know, we have like that. We're like the national breeding ground for tiger sharks. And that's epic. We got more species anywhere else in the world. Like we got a lot of like active, you know, wildlife here. But um, I'd say in the summer, our water temps are pushing 90 degrees. Are you kidding? It's hot, man. It, it, it you know about 88, 89 degrees, and then in the it's funny enough in the winter though, it'll dip down. It got down to like forty two a couple years ago. So wow, we have a huge drastic difference. I mean, you're in four three in boots and gloves and hood, and then yeah. in summertime you're sweating in the water. I mean, it's it's you know it's it's a funky funky you know drastic climate change here. So um, but right now I'd say right now the water's probably you know eighty two. Jeez. Which is, you know, wax just melting off your board. How cold? I mean, it can't be that cold right now in Carlsbad, right? Mm, it's probably like high fifties, low sixties. It's that cold, huh? Yeah, and then in the winter time, dude, like it gets it gets nippy, especially when they, you have like the offshores in the morning. You're just like so bummed. But I I enjoy cold water. I really do. Like I have all my suits are super good, but Hyperflex and. I stay warm. So it, it is what it is, but that's why I, I like cold destinations. Like we were saying earlier, like you want to go surf cold destinations. I love being in the Pacific Northwest. I absolutely love it. There's no one around and the water's freezing. Did you surf Tofino at all? No, I've never surfed Tofino, but that place looks sick. Yeah. I'd love, I see all those British Columbia and Alaskan slabs. I'm like, man, how cool is it? Like have a fire on the beach, got grizzly bears around. Oh, it's insane. You got like these little like so rad slabs and you got like mountains in the background it's like man that's what it's all about you know they got like northern lights above you it's like i mean what's that's that's what life's all about you know what i mean yeah it's so sick it's 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 amazing um yeah i don't i don't mind a full suit when you start getting in the 40s man like we got down to 41 42 i was like you know you go underwater in your head you know you get the ice cream headaches you know it's like paddling in fire it's like okay i'm, I'm over Stop it really. yeah it's like that's enough i surfed the i surfed the sea of japan like 2019 with jamie we went and did a trip over there and it was like, we were walking through like three feet of snow. It was so gnarly. Were there waves? Uh, it was full wind swell. Yeah, there were waves. Oof. It was gnarly, but it was sick. Like it was super fun. It was just a cool experience. Like I've never been in that cold water. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, the ice, ice cream headaches all day long. I mean, if you're there, you got to go for it. It's like, if I were to go, yeah, yeah let's go. What are we here? It was sick. Oh, cool. such a good experience. Man. So what do you got? What do you got the rest of the year? Anything fun? You know, honestly, like, you know, building, those are three companies. I have about four or five now and, you know, building these brands, building these companies up or it's beyond a full-time job. But, um, you know, I definitely, need, I need to get on a trip. I need to, you know, I know the wife loves California. So 
I know California is not the best. It's not, is it, is it pretty good in like November? December? Yeah, we get winter swells. Those big Northwest are sick. Like it gets fun. That's when, that's when like DMJs and taking the jet ski out gets really fun too, because nobody's out because it's the cold mornings. Dude, if you come over here, we'll, we'll, we'll go do step offs or something on a swell. Dude, that's awesome. I served DMJs back in the day. Like I actually paddled across the entire harbor. I walked across the, all, all the harbor rocks. I've walked across the DMJs. My first wave I took off in front of the rocks, you know, left. Yeah. And like got a cover up, came out and did like a freaking like eight foot straight air. And like you were just frothing. I landed like 90% of the way and I was like, holy shit, this is my first day of DMJs. And then we tried to sneak in like the next day by car. My buddy like forged a government like like <laughs> like ID card. Yeah. And pulled us out. They like put us in a room. Like we they totally caught us. Like it was kind of I didn't realize how big of a deal that was to like forge a government document. And yeah, no, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 they didn't do that. So epic. Yeah, it was my buddy's dad's, like my buddy's dad's, like Marine ID card from like the seventies. And I, oh my goodness, I don't know what he did or what, but they pulled us out and they they didn't they didn't appreciate that too much. But no, last time I was out there, everywhere was flat. Uh, it was a north yeah. it was a north swell. Blacks was the only place that was breaking. Yeah, and dude, I went down there. You know, we take the old Ho Chi Minh Trail, and uh, it was like head on. No one was out. Yeah. Only place that was black. That place gets so fun. Actually, Blacks was super, super good this last winter. Yeah. I feel like Blacks is like, it can either be really, really good. And then you go there and it's like really, really bad on a big swell too. Like it's, it's hard to, to get it good or it has that like two hour window and that's it. Yeah. I've surfed it all. I remember I surfed on a Labor Day, a sunny Labor Day swell. Hundreds of guys out. I paddled out past everybody, like way out the back to the peak, you know, this big, patches of seaweed that are in the water yeah and uh i mean i just dropped in and i pulled in this barrel that was like the size of a bus like i don't know what i was thinking but like i could i remember looking out of the eye of this big old barrel and like seeing like 30 40 people staring into it at me and yeah. I'm, you know and it, i was just li- i was literally cruising through this barrel for like you know it felt like 10 20 seconds so i'm sure it was like four or five yeah. Um, and then I hit a giant patch of seaweed like inside the barrel. Ah. Yeah, it snagged my fans. I went head over, you know, I went head over heels and, and went for a little ride after that. But it was uh it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, Blox was Blox was was hitting it that day. It was good. That trail walking down there is so gnarly. It's getting worse and worse. It's just eroding, dude. Like it's so brutal. Yeah, I mean, I I've taken buddies, I've seen them bust their ass. Some kid last time I was there, like sprinted by me and my wife, and he was like hauling ass. I'm like, babe, watch this. And like, I called it. I was like, no one runs down this trail. No, no. The kid runs past me and he hits like the slick clay, you know, with a little water dripping on it. And dude, this kid went head up, you know, feet over his head, busted his ass, rolled down like 30 feet. He was, uh, he was fine, but he dropped his board, like broke his fans. Like it was this big mess. But uh, yeah, like the little cavern, you got to hold your, you know, your, your board in front of you and walk down like straight down. Dude, I'm pretty sure they just made like an actual staircase down there. Like, I think somebody welded stairs and like made stairs down it on the last, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because last time I was there, they had a rope, yeah, yeah. And it was like you weren't getting down that either clean or in one piece, like, you're gonna get covered in dirt or like, yeah, grass. So, yeah, it was. And you, and if you have booties on, your booties are just slipping like everywhere when you start surfing. Oh, yeah, dude, it's yeah, yeah. And then you get down there and you got all the, old, the older guys out there playing out. So rad. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, <laughs> it's such a weird spot, but it's so sick. Yeah. First time I went there, I didn't really expect to see that. And uh, The nude beach. Yeah. All guys. It seemed to be all guys for some reason. And, yeah. Uh, they love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of kept my eyes on the ocean. I was like, you know, I'm going to let these guys do what they're doing. So rad, dude. Do you guys have waves there right now still, or is it pretty nope. flat? Uh, nope. It was a one day pop-up swell. Of course, I had to work all day. But uh, no, it is back to knee high and choppy and a current. But we are expecting a little pop up swell this weekend. I think we're going to get like a little you know, two to four foot, you know, thing going on. So hopefully we Sick. can. Yeah, I mean, dude, we'll take it. You know, it's you know now you know now with life's obligations, you learn to kind of take advantage when you can. You know, now I just tell the wife she used to give me hell, but now I'm like, you know, I'm going surfing. It is what it is. Um, it's in her best interest as well because I'll be in a better mood. So. Yeah, that's epic. Um, I think she's come to come to realize that. That's what I'm about to go do. Go paddle out for a bit, get in the water, got to cool off. Where's where's your spot? 
I usually just surf like Carlsbad campgrounds or a little reef over really? there. So we stayed right at the top of the hill last time across the train tracks at like this like Holiday Inn or it's right next yep. to Ichiban or like right next to like the the stir fry Asian place. Yeah. Or it was like Cantanas or something like that. Something um, like that. trying to think of the name of the place over there, but I know where you're talking about. Yeah. Right at the top of the campground. But I went out, dude, I, I usually just surf the campgrounds and, you know, go down the little stairs and dude, it was like chest high little peaks, no one out. I mean, it's it so fun. It's yeah. No one's around ever. It's, 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 it's fun. It's epic. And all of my buddies like live around there. So I just, it's fun to like go out with a big crowd out there because I know everyone, you know, and like yeah. have a good time and laugh at each other and snake each other. And oh, it's yeah. just fun. Like, I love that. So, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for cruising on. I really appreciate it. I know I'm so sorry. This took so long and our technical difficulties were so gnarly. No, man. If you ever, not like you're going to come to the side, just come surf, but. Um, Never know. Never know. Yeah. I got, I got a couple secret spots that can take you to that. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty epic. I love that, dude. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. When I'm over on the East Coast or whatever, I'll hit you up and try to get some waves. Yeah, I'm gonna. We're definitely gonna come out there pretty soon to get some Juanitas. Yes, you have to get a burrito, dude. It's it's my religion, man. Like it is, it's incredible. Right, that, dude. That, that the acai bowls. Oh uh, yeah, the acai bowls are good. Yeah, so right, good. Yeah, right there at Seaside Reef and stuff. Yeah, oh. that place gets fun too. I love Seaside, but it's just like hundreds of people. It's crazy. Yeah, I served. I used to serve D Street. That was kind of my home break for a while. Yeah, Stepping Stones and um, you know. And trestles, Oceanside, the harbor. Yeah. You know, that's been kind of my go to spot. It's consistent. So, Blacks, North County, just pretty much anything North County. It's like, that's my jam. So rad. Such a good spot. I love it over here. Yep. Never want to leave. No. Never want to leave. No need Every to. time I come back from a trip, too, I'm just like, this is so rad. I love it. Yeah. No, man. It's Cali. Cali's always going to be like a, a good spot in my heart. You know, it's, I've been there, I think, 26, 26 times now, maybe 25, 26. It's just been, it's been the best, man. It's been, uh, so if I, if, yeah, my next trip, honestly, if I'm being realistic, probably back to North County. Dude, just hunt a swell, come over, yeah. hang out here for a little bit, and we'll take my ski and go get some waves. I don't know if I'm going to be going up to Oregon or Mavericks with you. I don't know. No, but we'll go surf around here and like go do step offs at BMJs or whatever. And yeah, I'm black, hopefully black swell or I'm cool just to go wing it and you know and yeah. If you see a swell pop up, I don't know what kind of swells are ideal for around there, but uh. Yeah, send me an email or send me a time of time of year, and maybe me and the wife will go ahead and get like a voucher or something, and um, you know, and then like if we see the swell coming, it will like pull the trigger. That'd be sick. And head on out. Rad, dude. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, cool. We'll get you hooked up, and uh, we'll surf soon. Sounds good. All right, man. Okay, bud. Thanks for listening to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. Stay salty. Phew.